Lights podcast listeners, I had the privilege of sitting down with Mr. Blake Moody, who played football for Coach L.T. Rip Sewell back in the 1970s in Ozona, Texas. Blake Moody and I discussed all about uh, his experiences with Coach Sewell as a coach and as a father figure in many ways, as a driver's ed instructor, and so much more. Coach Sewell, of course, passed away in July of 2015. I will start off this uh, reading what I found here on the CrockettCountyHistory.com Cemetery Plots, view 3368 here. Uh, L.T. Ripsul, 87, passed away on Saturday, July 4, 2015 in San Antonio, Texas at Brooks Army Medical Center. Rip was born in Batesville, Texas on November 11, 1927 to Clayton and Annie Reeves Sewell. He graduated from Electra High School in 1945 where he was an all-state basketball player. He then attended the University of Tulsa where he was a three-sport letterman in basketball baseball and track he was also on the college softball team where he was named to the all-american team rip married ellen ray barton on july 19 1952 they moved to wellman texas where he started his coaching career in 1957 he continued his career in plains texas while there he took two basketball teams to the state tournament he also coached football and track winning many district championships He then took his family to Ozona, Texas in 1968, where he stayed until retirement in 1989. While coaching at Ozona High School, his football teams won several district championships, going several rounds into the playoffs. He also coached track and golf, taking teams to the state meets. The highlight of his coaching career was being selected by his peers to the Texas High School Coaches Association Hall of Honor in 1986. With uh, that being said, I'm going to go ahead and jump into my interview with Blake Moody. I hope you enjoy this, and uh, I hope that others that were coached by Coach Sewell in the past that would like to record something will maybe get in touch with me, and we will put something together and add on to this that continues to bring honor towards a a great uh, Texas high school coach that, that certainly deserves it. So uh, thank you so much, and, and um, I hope his family in time, too, will come across this and enjoy it as well. So um, here we go. If you find yourself enjoying the Taillights podcast, do me a big favor. Go on to Apple Podcasts and rate it five stars. I really appreciate it. Thanks for tuning in to the Taillights podcast. I'm Eric Thormalen, and today I'm joined by Blake Moody. Mr. Moody, thank you so much for joining us. Tell us a little bit about what your parents did and where you grew up. 
I grew up in uh, Ozona, Texas. My parents, uh, actually, my dad was in education. He was a principal, teacher, superintendent, and my mother uh, actually worked for Ozona National Bank when we were growing up in Ozona. Okay. Well, uh, and Blake, you know, the reason, of course, I contacted you is I'm, I'm getting things together, trying to do kind of a tribute episode to uh, Rip Sewell, longtime Ozona coach, educator, that did a great job out there for a very long time. And in the process of finding out about you, I didn't even realize that your dad had been the superintendent out there. So to me, this was a, a tremendous find, and I can't wait to learn a lot more about um, your time growing up there and what your impressions were of Coach Sewell. Well, you know, uh, <clears throat> Coach Sewell moved to Ozona when I was in the third grade, and uh, they only lived a couple of doors down from us when we lived in the teacher's edition uh, there in Ozona. So we were all one big family, and actually i spent as much time in their house literally as i did my own because we all played together and that was my first exposure to coach sewell and all of his kids at that time uh, when you were in the third grade was he already the head football coach or does that come a little bit later i uh, know the the first year let's see i was nine years old the previous coach was sam mosley and he had a son, Mike, and they moved two years later. So it was two years after that that Coach Sewell became the head football coach. Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, well, as you um, go through school and everything and you're going through junior high, I mean, at what point did you know that you were going to be a, uh, a member of the Ozona Lion football team? Long before I got to junior high, I'll yeah. tell you that much. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. Uh, you know, we all played baseball together. Um, all of us kids played baseball together during the summer. You know, we really didn't have any athletics in uh, elementary, of course, but it was destined, you know, that we were going to be Ozona Lions from day Cubs first, of course, mm -hmm. in junior high, but later on being Ozona Lion. Right. What there in the 60s, you know, growing up as a kid and, and into the early 70s, what was Ozona like in your eyes? Uh, Ozona always had great athletes during that time. Uh, I think that was really and truly the heyday of Ozona. You know, we had uh, Gary Sutton, was actually the first one. He actually went on and played for Baylor as a, a, a defensive lineman. He was brutal. He was a great player. Uh, but uh, we had really good players, good athletes, lots of speed. He was, always had a winning record. And more than anything else, he's a great guy. I know that. Yeah. Uh any any stories being there on the street that, that kind of stick out to you in your memory of, uh, of of anything that happened? Well, you know, during the summer, we don't have a track meet. You know, all the around the block. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, they would have a track meet and all the leftover ribbons and stuff. Coach Sewell would make us, we would run the 100, the 200. We would pole vault. That's when I learned how to pole vault in the back of his house. Uh, Danny Sewell and Mike Mosley and myself.
but Nancy was a good athlete too. She was a good pole vaulter. And that's before women even pole vaulted. Right. But Coach so treated us just like his boys, man. I mean, he would make us run, and we did, we loved it because he was giving giving us all the attention. He was always the consummate coach, always trying to make us better. Yeah, if you'll do this and do this, and we tried to remember that later on because we knew that Coach So was going to be there and knew that what he was all about when we got there. So that helped a lot. Stability, I think, is what I'm looking for. Stability, and that's what he was. Yeah, absolutely. What? Uh, h- how'd you do in those track meets yourself? Oh uh, well, you know, uh, I guess three out of the four years that I was. Uh, in track, I was the high point guy uh, on our track team. I scored more points than anybody because of the way that Coach so used us. You know, one week I'd be throwing the discus. I think I threw the discus. But then one week he'd make me throw the shot put, and then he would put me in the high jump, which I didn't like very much, but it's points. That's yeah. why I was. Coach so was a statistician. I mean, he knew – most of the time when we went to a track meet, I mean, he had it down. He knew where we were going to get points. And he knew he would adjust the roster for me running the 100 to put me in the 200 or I ran the hurdles every week. But he was just that kind of guy, man. He had the ability to see and know what we could do and expect it out of us. Yeah. And we performed. But he was that kind of guy. I mean, he knew right down to the half a point how many points we were going to score. And his track teams out there were absolutely legendary. And and it's so, I think, demonstrative of just how important track is in terms of having success in football. Because, of course, Ozona is going to reach the state quarterfinals under his leadership. Um, yeah, they've had some good coaches come through since and everything, and they've achieved some things. But that that is the pinnacle when you go back to 1978 uh, in terms of what they've achieved as far as football goes. What, what year did you graduate? I graduated in 78. Uh, actually, that, that junior – let me back up even further. But my first year in high school, we were undefeated on the JV – and out of eight games, we only gave up six points. And then when I that all that team getting back together as uh, I was on the varsity as a sophomore, then a junior and senior. But our junior year, we performed another undefeated season, the, only, the first undefeated untied season in the history of Ozona High School. And unfortunately, we got beat by Childers 20-14 to 14 in the quarterfinals, which was – I'd love to go back and do a couple of plays over. <laughs> Don't yeah. what I know now, but yeah. uh, he was just uh, very conservative. He was a conservative guy, and he was going to go with the run game. Basically, he's going to go with the date that brought him to the dance. And it's just the way that he was. And – like it or not. But most of the time, we lined it up, and we shoved it down your throat, like it or not. And and we won. Never had a losing season. Never. Right. Yeah. Um, and, of course, you know, you, you mentioned the, the stability and everything. And, of course, I use a website, TexasHighSchoolFootballHistory.com, and you can uh, see on there that uh, – 
assuming they're 100% correct, he was there as the head football coach in Ozona for 10 years. Uh, and I misspoke earlier. I said 1978 team that was at the state quarterfinals. I should have said 1976. Uh, as I do a lot of these, some of the years start to run together and everything. So I do apologize on that. You, I, I probably had you confused for a minute. <laughs> um, I mean, you know, I mean, 76 to 78 was, we had some fantastic players. I want to tell you another thing about Coach Sewell. Just like we were talking about track, mm-hmm. being able to switch me from one to another. I guess it was after my sophomore year, uh, he actually took some running backs that we had and moved them to the offensive line. I, I never saw this coming. And he did, and it made us, we started the year ranked at probably 100 and something in Class 2A. And by the end of the year, by the final poll, uh, after week 10, we were ranked number four. So we came from outside the top 100 to four. And then when we lost, we ended up being ranked sixth in the final Associated Press poll, which has never and probably will never, ever happen again. Right. Thanks to him. Thanks yeah. to him. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, he was just, uh, he had that ability to see it coming. And then my senior year, we had a guy named uh, Javier Reyes, big old Hispanic kid, you know, solid muscle, six foot and about 240. And he was playing offensive tackle, and he moved him into the backfield with me and used him as a blocker. Well, the rest is history. I had like 1,500 yards rushing and scored about 30 touchdowns, and most of it was right behind him. Hmm. Along with our offensive linemen, I had, a, I had a good offensive line to run behind the yeah. whole time that I was in high school, and I was very blessed. Because, you know, good running backs are nothing without a good offensive line. So yeah. he did that, and who would have thought that he would have done that? But that's just the way he was. He, he could see it. He could feel it. Great ones have that ability to do the like Tom Landry. Yeah. I'm not saying he was a Tom Landry, but Tom <laughs> Landry – used to draft people outside of the football field. You know, basketball players, right. Bob Hayes was an Olympic gold medalist, stuff like that. He had that same ability. And, and, Uncanny. And again, when I say that he reached, you know, that, that Ozona reaches the greatest, you know, heights that it does, of course, under Coach Taylor, uh, years later, they also go to the quarterfinals. I mean, it's it's another great season that you can point to, but those two are are pretty much – Again, those are the pinnacles of of what you've uh, of what you've seen accomplished there in Ozona. And what I guess I would say to that is, is what I find to be so impressive about when Coach Sewell did it, because when I got there in 2011, the racial tensions between white uh, people and Hispanic people were still pretty high at times. And so, I mean, you know, I look at it like in the 1970s, you know. And and I heard all the stories about all the division of, you know, of the town and stuff as far as uh, different sides and, and, you know, at the highway, basically. And uh, I guess what I'm trying to say is that what I find to be so incredible is, is and, and they can't make a movie about everybody, but it's almost like Remember the Titans type of magic that's happening there in Ozona as you see white kids and Hispanic kids coming together and showing that, they're not brown or white. They're they're purple and gold. <laughs> and that's the way he treated everybody. Yeah, 
equal. And the way that he was, you earn it, my friend. I'm not giving it to you. If you want to be a player, prove it to me. You work hard, you play hard, perform hard, you get rewarded. My honors that you receive. And that's the way he was. And he didn't care what color you were. And he never treated anybody that and way that, that is, I saw. That's really so ahead of the time, I think, at, at that point in time. And maybe that's more... Maybe that's more you know, media promoted in some ways. What you know, people could make arguments here or there about that kind of a thing. But I really think when you look at the success of what's going on there in the 1970s in Ozona, Texas, not just with football but also with track. I mean, you have a lot of things that are taking place there that really require a special person to come through and be able to blend two cultures in one school uh, where you haven't had. I don't think in a lot of those situations you had the kind of success that you had going on there. I mean, just a tremendous things. Let me kind of interject something sure. here. <clears throat> and he was a disciplinarian. Uh, you acted up in school and you got the Board of Education, if you know what I'm talking about, <laughs> in class. Mm-hmm. You would get the Board of Education when you got it to the field house if you acted up. I mean, you were expected to be a student athlete all the time is yes ma'am, no ma'am, yes sir, no sir. If you didn't act accordingly, get ready to pay the piper, as they say, because he would. And you know what? That's what we expected. Uh, and he made it quite clear. I've seen him dismiss some athletes, good athletes, that we needed at times because they did not follow the rules. And I did appreciate that about him because he just didn't say it and not do it. He did it. Well, and you know... we expected it. When when you saw, as an athlete, when you saw that that the coach, he, he was willing to consider the overall greater good of the team rather than any individual... And you saw how adamant that that coach was about making kids follow the rules. Don't you think that contributes in a great way to what kind of success is achieved during that time? No doubt. I'm going to tell you something about his kids, too. Every one of them. Smart. They walked the line, too. Uh, Really smart kids. Uh, All of them are. And very well disciplined. They... I can't say enough about that family. I really can't. Even today, I mean, they're still outstanding. Well, and people. I mean, I, I'm I'm glad to hear you say that because I got the same feeling when I was there for the for the three years that I was. You know, of course, for our listeners that are wondering how does how does this uh, guy that coached there from 2011 to 2014 how does he even know about a guy from the 1970s? Uh, and then also, of course, Coach Sewell is going to come back, and we're going to get into that here in just a minute uh, in the 80s and, and early 90s. But, you know, I spent eight days at the Ozona Stockman, and I'd really like to thank them for allowing me to do the research I did on the girls' track program. I would have probably been there four days, but I spent twice as much time there because I kept reading about a man named Rip Sewell that I could see through the Ozona Stockman and the history that was there that was doing some incredible things. And, and really bringing a community together and a lot of people together. So much love, 
um, it, it just incredible, and and I, I couldn't stop reading those stories. So that that's kind of how you know uh, you know you and I are sitting here on this podcast today and and discussing the the legendary Texas High School Coaches Association Hall of Honor coach Rip Sewell. You know, uh, he uh, <clears throat> we used to play golf together too. Uh, now. Because all of the kids in the uh, teacher's edition at that time, you know, it was so inexpensive to be a member of the country club at that point. You know, we all played golf. And, of course, Coach Sewell and all of them played golf. And, of course, we were around them even at the golf course. Mm-hmm. So he was, he was a good golfer himself, Coach Sewell was, you know, so – I just were I was just around him all the time and I just can't say enough about him. Yeah. And uh I would really, really like to see that stadium. I wish those guys would really reconsider at a different point maybe naming the stadium after him. I would personally would not have a problem with that at all. I, in fact, I would cherish that. Yeah, you know, for and him, for him and his family. Sure, and I, I was shocked, of course, when I when I did. Uh, I was, let's see here, that was back in 2015 when they did that vote. It was a four to three vote uh, against naming it after him. And uh, just for the record, for listeners that that may be keeping up with that, um, you know, you have uh, coach, former retired coach Dave McWilliams. You have. Uh, Amy Newton, Dwight Childress, and Ryan Bean voting against naming it after him. And then you have Orlando De Hoyos, Roland De Hoyos, and Grizz Medina voting for it. So you had this uh, on the board. I mean, there you have that divide almost reestablished. It's like, why can't somebody like a Rip Sewell step in and get these folks to play together and make the right decision? That, that was what went through my head. <laughs> You're absolutely right. Yeah. And it's a shame that it had to be that way and has to be that way and it's a shame well one That's of all i want to say about that it's not the first <laughs> they need to come together and do the right thing sure and go ahead and get it over with and and go ahead and name it because i'll be there with bells on <laughs> the day that it happens yeah and it will i think eventually it will happen Mm-hmm. You just have to get the right people on the board. Right. And I'm not saying that the people of the board are not doing a great job. And, of course, I don't know that because I'm not sitting in the boardroom with them. We all have our opinions, but maybe they'll get the right people on the board and throw their conscience and do the right thing and name that stadium after him. Right. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and it, and I'll tell you, you know, one of the things when I did that eight days worth of research at the Stockman that I noticed long before I felt like in 2015 the board made the wrong decision about Rib Sewell was all the way back there in, uh, I think it was 1978-ish, that uh, 79-ish, somewhere right in there, that the board made the wrong decision about Rib Sewell the first time. Uh, different board, but again... Uh, you know, I just, I, I point that out. I mean, I know you were around Ozona at the time, and your dad was, of course, there as a superintendent. 
when they made a decision to go in a different direction? Uh, um, yeah. Um, that was a tough time for my dad. Uh, because he was Rip Sewell's number one fan. And my dad always told me, you know, I went and played at the next level. I went to Abilene Christian University, and they just won the national championship. I was a running back, and I would, at times we would have discussions about Coach Sewell being so conservative. But um, my dad looked at me, <laughs> had that cigarette in his hand like he always does, a cup of coffee, and he says, Blake, I don't want to hear another word out of your mouth about Coach Sewell because you remember I told you this right here. He said, Rip Sewell will be the best coach that you will ever have from this point forward in your college football career. And you know what? He was absolutely right. Mm. Coach Sewell the way that he handled himself and the way that he simplified the game of football for you. You know, I was kind of lost when I went to to Abilene Christian because they were so technical and I was just sitting there lost the, when I was a freshman. And then once I kind of figured it out, you know, I finally told my head coach at Abilene Christian University, it was DeWitt Jones, I said, Coach, I said, I said, you will make this so complicated, and it doesn't have to be. Here's your route. This is your quarterback. Throw it to him. Or, uh, here's your route. This is who you're going to throw it to. And that's what Coach, he didn't have, okay, this is your first guy, this is your second guy, and this is your third guy that you got to go through the progressions. Uh-uh. He said, this is the play. This is who you block. This is what you do. Simple. That was it. God bless him. Because it was never so simple as it was under him. Period. Made it easy, and I appreciated that later. Well, Thank I, you, Coach Sewell. I wanna, I wanna add to you know as I give you a little bit of break there on, on you know collecting more thoughts and and contributions here to Coach Sewell. If you go to the Texas High School Coaches Association Hall of Honor members, it's a little over four pages. It bleeds on to page five. And they have a, a, I mean, it's a big hall of honor because it goes all the way back to many, many years ago. It's a century worth of coaches at least, right? And the only head football coach, uh, and I'm, I don't know, he may be the only coach that, that ever was at Ozona period that is in the Texas High School Coaches Association Hall of Honor. And somehow he's good enough for that, but... Later on, of course, you know, I mean, well, all the way back in 1978, 79, wherever we were right there, particularly, uh, Ozona says he's not good enough. And then in 2015, too, I just think it's really disappointing that they made that same poor decision. History repeated itself. Not once, but twice, huh? Yeah. Looking here, Don Payne, of course, would have eight years there in Ozona later on down the line. But you really don't get a lot of, I mean, even though I, I would say the Steve Taylor years are good, you got two years out of Benny Granger that were good. I think Ray Brown spent some good time there, uh, some great time there. I know I worked for him. He was outstanding. And we did have a year where they went two and eight. 
But you can look the next year, and they're nine and three. I mean, he did some really incredible things, and I think the next uh, individual that followed him, I think, was well set up with kids that were almost breaking the weight room door down to get in there and get to lifting. You know, the mentality was was there. But Ozona's had this, uh, what would you call it, almost like a, a roller coaster of turnover, really since. You know, since Rip Sewell, or you could argue Don Payne again was there eight years. That's a pretty long time, you know. But but uh, the continuity between being an assistant to becoming the head coach, I don't know what it all adds up to total. And you do have, I bet you, I believe Rip Sewell got hired back in 86. as I, I want to say he was athletic director and head track coach, is what the Stockman said. And you look at who comes in. I believe that's correct. Yeah, you look who comes in, the next longest tenured coach. Eight years, Don Payne, I'm pretty sure Rip Sewell, most likely I would believe that he hired him. It's just incredible to me, again, even after Ozona turned his back on him uh, there in 1978-79, that he comes back and makes the place good once again. You know, he, uh, like I said, he had that ability. You know, he, he had a way with the kids. You know, he was cordial. Nobody, buddy. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, and he got things done and I think the kids I know that from my perspective he did you know Coach Sewell also when I was first getting my driver's license Coach Sewell was the one that taught that class <laughs> this is kind of funny but uh, it was myself and Johnny L. Henderson and a guy named Johnny Castro and he taught that class, driver's ed. You know, my dad had the driver's ed car, and we'd take it to school every day. But <laughs> Coach Sewell, I hated because I, I was going to get my driver's license in January. So it was cold, man. I mean, we, we'd get in that car, and it would be eight degrees. And the windows were iced up and foggy. And we would get in that car, and Coach Sewell would turn the air conditioner on. And it's like playing freeze-out when you were a kid, you know, take all your clothes off, ride the back of somebody's car with the window going down, it's 8 degrees. And then he would start singing. <laughs> Coach Sewell would sing all the time. That's a good voice, actually. I wouldn't tell him that, though. <laughs> but he would start singing, and he would turn the air conditioner on. Man, we would start whining Coach Sewell. Turn the heater on. He goes, no. Stat show, if you turn the air conditioner on, it's going to melt off that windshield faster than it does if you have the heater on. And so it's kind of like a joke from the time that I got my driver's license on down. You can ask anybody who had that driver's ed class with Coach Sewell about his singing and not running over his hedges. Well, we had to do the driving, you know, parking in the garage and stuff. But he's got lots of, I'm sure there's lots of funny more stories about Coach Sewell and Driver's Ed. But that's really about the only time we got to see Coach Sewell, you know, kind of cutting up with the kids. You know, it was a serious thing to get your driver's license. We all know that. But 
Right. Just like the air conditioner. Well, you know, I'll give you an opportunity to add anything else that you'd like to add here. And I think we both kind of voiced our our thoughts about it. I mean, what a great job sure. he did. And, and I'm, of course, going to try to visit with some other players as well. But uh, sure. I just – I can't understand in a million years um, why uh, – I guess the four people that voted the way they did would make the decision they did based upon someone who did so many great things for so many kids there in Ozona. And I think you and I both share that same level of disappointment and hope that they'll write that wrong. And I think eventually provided that they get the correct people on the board, I think it will be correct. And I, I pray that it will because if anybody in the history of Ozona, Texas deserved to have something named for him, it would be him in that football stadium. And that track. Yeah. That track, too. And the whole facility. It, he deserves it. And I hope that eventually he'll get that honor. Well, I can't thank you enough again for taking the time to share some of these stories. And I hope some of Coach Sewell's family and, and friends and other players, again, will We'll certainly enjoy it, and if any of them would like to contact me and tell tell me any of their favorite Coach Sewell stories, I'll be sure to add it on here and continue to build on to what will be a, a tribute episode to Coach Rip Sewell that will probably grow for many, many years. It's easy for me to make additions to it, and, uh, and Blake, even you included, if you think of something down the line that you just kind of get on the record, yeah, I'm always a phone call away. You know what, I appreciate you doing this um, been a long I hope it has a positive outcome and they'll do the right thing and sometimes sometimes it takes time Yeah, and I understand that but as long as they do the right thing just like he tried to teach us you know do the right thing it's kind of like I remember he used to always tell us you know, and there's something illegal going on when you're not at track or football or whatever, and you know you shouldn't be there because word of mouth travels fast in a small town. You just need to get in the car and leave. Do the right thing. Remember who you are. Remember where you're at and do the right thing. And that's the kind of guy he was well you know and and you saying that and and i was wrapping it up but i, I have to add to to what you're saying there and that is that everybody is going to do the wrong thing from time to time and and absolutely as unfortunate as that is we can never take away from how important it is to have someone that stands there and and reminds people to do the right thing and then, you know, again, I mean, there's roads that we probably don't want to go down here uh, and so on. But I do think that if, if, you, if anybody out there wants to judge Coach Sewell on anything they think they know that, that exists within his lifetime and, and, and him doing the wrong thing once or twice in their mind is enough to keep him from being the namesake of that athletic facility, uh, to me, I would tell them to look in the mirror and look at you and your own and why don't you start taking down some of the things that memorialize you around there? No doubt. Hey, I want to tell you, I want to share one more thing with you. Okay. <clears throat> Danny 
his youngest son and I were, they had these big garages in the school where we used to live where the teacher's edition was. Mm -hmm. And Coach Sewell had a box of old trophies and stuff in there. We started going through those trophies. So not only was Coach Sewell a great coach, we found a paper, newspaper clipping of him. I, I think it was in high school. And I can't, I want to say he, was, he may have grown up in Oklahoma, I think, mm -hmm. or somewhere up there. But we found it was from a track meet. You know what Coach Sewell, back when he was in high school, ran the 100-yard dash in? What's that? No, this was a long time ago. Yeah. And the main thing, that at that time when he was running, I believe the world record in the 100-yard dash was 9-4 by Bobby Morrow or... Nine three, but Coach Sewell ran a nine seven. Now you think about that. That's three tenths of a second, and that's what it was. Lt Sewell, I think that's what it said. Lt Sewell. Anyway, he ran nine seven. That's he was a fantastic athlete, and he never once ever said anything about his previous athletic career wherever he was at. And I saw that, and I was just shocked. I went. sure appreciate uh you know again your stories and and your thoughts and and you know just what a difference he made in your life and and many of those around you and and i do hope that more will reach out and like i said we'll continue to build this tribute of a man sure, that, use that however you want to do however yeah. you want to use it uh you know if i could think of something else i'll be more than happy to share it with you okay but Thanks again for listening, and please remember, if you could, to go and rate us five stars on Apple Podcasts. Until next time.